Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Drunk Agile. Just waking up from her nap in the background there is the star of the show, Nisha. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful timing as always. Um, And with me, the Yogi Berra of Agile. Sadiq Singh. Uh, probably the reason why Nisha is the way she is, poor thing. Can't, you know, you can't choose you know, who uh, who adopts you. Uh, and my name is Daniel Vacanti. Pratik, what are you drinking tonight? Wow, oh, we are back to the stag. Uh, 64.2%. Stag Junior, one of, one of the favorites on this podcast. Yeah, I'm on the... Uh, I'm on the Akintoshin 25. Um, Akintoshin is normally, I think I say this all the time, Akintoshin is normally one of my favorites. Uh, this one, I'm like, let's just get through this, you know, because it's eh, a little bit to be. Put it out of his misery. Yeah, so, <laughs> but it is 25, 44.8 uh, bourbon, bourbon barrel. Uh, cheers, everybody. Welcome. Thanks for, for joining us. Oh, I was supposed to drink when I cheers. Pratik, what's on tap for tonight? Today, we are talking about histograms, time series data, um, fat tail, thin tail distributions, a whole bunch of random math stuff, really, that folks try to apply to process analysis and probably shouldn't. Yeah, you, keep, you keep saying two drink minimum, but I think we need to up it to like a three or four drink minimum for yeah, you know, well, for, this one, I don't know. For, for, for some of this stuff. But yeah, well, let's so you know, histograms, it's I don't I don't know how this I think again we start off a lot of our episodes this way, I think. I don't know how histograms came to be pro- prominent in the, the Kanban community. I just don't know where that came from. I don't know why. Um, but they are um for, for certain data anyway, and let's let's talk about cycle time data, which and we'll talk about what time series data really really means um, in a little bit. But yeah, showing showing your cycle time data in Instagram seems to be a favorite of a lot of people in the Kanban community, uh, and I'm I'm just I'm just not sure why. Like I said, I don't know where that came from, and uh, we're going to talk about why that's probably a very very bad thing to do. And from the very beginning of you know process analysis, people have known you should not be putting cycle time data in a, a histogram. So why these people continue to keep making the same mistakes? I don't know. So where, where should we start, Pratik? What do you think? How, how, do, how do we start this one off? Well, well let's, let's, let, let me ask you, why, well, <laughs> what is time series data and why should it not be on a histogram? Let me see if I can give a Pratik answer. Um, all right, uh, so time series data is a series of data that you show over time. Is that, is that a series of data points? Data points, show. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> series of data points that you show over. Yeah, it's um, it's 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 you know, anytime you you are collecting data that where uh, when that data is collected is an element is a, is a part of the context of that data. So I mean that's that's it. so cycle time is a classic example of time series data um, because what you know when something finishes is is just as important as how long it takes in, in a lot of contexts um, because there's there's a lot of things that are going on um, you know as as we're we're doing things um, so you you have the quote do you still have the quote by short in front of you oh yeah because this is one <clears throat> so yeah. mo- most most people in the kanban community if i if i can just set the scene sorry i cut you off i know i'm sorry but let me just set the scene oh, and then uh, you can take it. Time to hey you drink yeah. 
Most people, most people in the lean community know who W. Edwards Deming is. Very, very few people know who Walter Short is. And, and, and Walter Short, I always like to say this, I don't know if it's true or not, um, but Walter Short essentially took, uh, or taught uh, Deming everything there is to know, or everything that Deming knows or, or knew um, about uh, statistical process control. Statistical SBC was essentially de developed by, by Walter Short uh, and he taught Deming. So this is, this is back in the, I'm going to say it's the 30s. It was either late 20s, early 30s that, that Short published his first book on statistical process control. And specifically when he was talking about data analysis, he was saying how you should, you should not mislead. When, when you display your data, you should not mislead um, by, by showing your time series data in a histogram. So Pratik, can you, can you give us the exact quote, please? So the exact quote is, whenever an average range or histogram is used to summarize data, the summary should not mislead the user into taking action that the user would not take if the data were presented in a time series. Yep. Uh, three things there that he points out pretty directly. Average, range, or histogram. <laughs> Those three things. If, if you have time series data, don't use them. <laughs> that's pretty clear. That's, that's, I don't know how we get much clearer than that. Uh, and we we have a we have a great example. We brought visual aids for tonight. We have a great example of this. I'm I'm going to share my screen, uh, if I can. This is this is data that is near and dear to Pratik's heart. Do you want to kind of explain where this this data came from? Yeah, the, this, the this, this data is from a team that uh, I led a while ago, and you can, as you can see, 2014, 2015, and uh, this was a team uh, that was not limiting its whip initially in the initial part of this, as you can see again, it was, it was a scrum team that wasn't quite doing scrum very well and wasn't limiting whip. And then we started limiting whip and you see the effect of that uh, on, on the latter part of this chart, how, how the performance of that team changed over time. Yeah, so th those of you who've taken classes from me, you know, this is, this is one of my favorite examples to show in, in my Kanban trainings, in my metrics trainings, if for no other reason I get a, an opportunity to, to pick on Pratik uh, when I do show this. But it's pretty clear, I mean, as, as Pratik just mentioned, by looking at this chart, it's pretty darn obvious that something happened round about the 1st of October. And these are American dates, by the way, so apologies to people in, in Europe, these, these are American dates. But somewhere around the 1st of October, something happened in this system, something happened in this process that fundamentally changed how this, this team performed. And that's exactly what we're talking about with time series data, where when the data is collected is a critical element, is a, is a critical part of the context um, of, of doing that data analysis. Now, so this is a scatter plot. This is a cycle time scatter plot. And again, my, my next favorite thing I like to do is, okay, well, let's see this in a histogram, okay? So we're gonna show this data in a histogram. Now the question becomes Pratik. When, when did that team start limiting work in progress? When did that team start paying attention to aging and flow and things like that, looking at this histogram? When, when did all of that happen? Yeah. Well, one, you cannot answer that. And two, it's kind of funny to see, is, see the juxtaposition of the scatter plot below. And uh, so you can kind of see this all at the same time, but just looking at the histogram, there is absolutely no way that you can tell when that happened. Right. And so if all you were doing was looking at the histogram, and we'll, we'll talk about fat tail versus thin tail later, although 
uh, kind of spoiler alert and disclaimer we have no idea we, we literally <laughs> yeah. we don't we don't know fat tail we just don't know um but you know if if all you were doing was looking at this histogram and you didn't have i'm gonna let me turn that off and you didn't have that context of the scatter plot below you know you might be lulled into thinking well look at look at all these extreme outliers out here we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do something about that whereas you know if we pull in this date control and now we zoom in on this 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 part that the, the histogram where the, the team was actually limiting work in progress and doing out, you see you would not take that action. And this is exactly what Schuert is talking about. This is, I don't know, I think this is this is picture perfect to, to demonstrate what Schuert's talking about. That yeah. was that was the segue for you to do something. Yeah, I know. And, and, and I don't want to jump ahead into the fat tail, thin tail stuff, but We'll come back to it. And those of you who know fat, what fat tail and thin tail mean, one, please tell us, leave some comments, tell us what it means. And two, um, you will see that this exact same data, depending on the date range you select, uh, can be called fat tail or thin tail, whatever the definition of those are, because they look, they look, they look very different. Uh, and that's another indication when, uh, when depending on 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 the time you select, if if if, if that data is changing so much, <laughs> it's another indication that you probably have time series data. <laughs> I have to <laughs> I have to remember to stop stop screen sharing because you know people'd much rather look at us than the chart. I think. Uh, yeah, Although we're yeah. going to go back to the chart very quickly. Well, I don't know. Was it was there something else that you wanted? Because maybe we should get into the fat tail fin tail right now. Is there I, something I, I, else you I, wanted to yeah. say about that that data before we transition over? No, no, no. no we'll, we'll we'll go back to it when when. Yeah. when because we, we have that. we have a lot to say about that. Okay, yeah. so Pratik, what is what is fat tail versus thin tail? When I'm sorry, I cannot stop laughing about this. <laughs> but when you divide the 98th percentile of your data from the 50th percentile of your data, no, don't do that. Just don't do that. If anyone tells you ever to to be to divide percentiles of your data to figure out what your data is doing. Just, just don't do it. Just, just, just shut the door and tell them that hey, we'll talk some other day, which will be no day. Just that, don't, 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 don't do that. So, but, but, but seriously, what is it? It's, it's some some completely arbitrary mathematical. Five point six. What, it's, what it's, is five point six? It's, it's it's the what's the ninety eighth divided by the what? The divided by the fiftieth. If if it's so, greater, if it's greater than five point. If it's greater than five point six, it's supposedly fat tailed, and if it's <laughs> Less than that, then it's thin-tailed. Uh, because, you know, likewise, I don't know if you knew this, Pratik, but the Fibonacci series goes, you know, 8, 13, 20, 40, 100. Did you know that? I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> we, we, need to come up with, we need to come up with some visual that, that we just throw out there and go, because math. Because math. <laughs> okay, we did math. We must be right. But... Take a drink. Yeah, I know. Take a drink. Um, you can't you just just don't do that. Just just don't go about dividing random percentiles and figuring this stuff out. Well, um, yeah, keep going. About, I'm gonna I'm gonna give another visual aid. Keep talking. Okay. Um, what fat tail means, uh, as far as I understand, is that the when you place your data in histogram, just like. As, 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 as Dan was showing, the, the histogram stretches out for a while and the 
values on the far right of it, or yeah, far right of it, are uh, there are very few values and they're very far apart. That's fat-tailed. What's thin-tailed is when it doesn't stretch out that far and the values are more evenly distributed. And the, why, the yeah, why the thinner tail is called fat-tailed and the fatter tail is called thin-tailed, I don't know. Yeah, but that's what that means. But but the the implication, if I understand, and I do not, by the way, I do not pretend to understand, but the implication being that if you have a fat-tailed distribution, you are by definition unpredictable. Whereas if you have a thin-tailed distribution, you are by definition predictable. Is that is that the implication? That is the implication that if if your if your ninety-eighth percentile and fiftieth percentile are off by less than a factor of 5.6, it means you're predictable. And so this is this is where we need to bring in um, another visual aid and uh, uh, another name. If you haven't heard this name, you really need to you really need to know this name, uh, Dr. Donald Wheeler, who actually can can trace his lineage about statistical process control literally all the way back uh, to Wheeler through through Deming and to Wheeler. I think Dr. Uh, Dr. Wheeler learned everything from Dr. Deming. Um, and Dr. Wheeler's point about this is, and I, I hope I don't, forgive me, I don't want to necessarily put, uh, put words in his mouth, but the way that I understand how Dr. Wheeler talks about this, he doesn't necessarily care about fat tail or thin tailed either. What he really cares about is, do you have homogenous data or not? Because Dr. Wheeler's, Dr. Wheeler's whole point is, one of the first things you need to do when you're doing data analysis is to understand if you have homogeneous data. Because if you have non-homogeneous data, and we'll talk about what non-homogeneous means here in a second, but if you have non-homogeneous data, then um, you know any analysis that you might do on that data might be suspect. You, you look like you were gonna jump in and say something there. No, 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 that's good. Okay, so let's so let's get back to our visual aid. Yeah. Uh, if I can, I hope I didn't, didn't close it. Nope, I didn't. So we're gonna get back to our visual aid. So if we get back to, if, if, if we get back to this chart um, and go back to the scatter plot, um, it's, while, while not obviously mathematically rigorous and I don't know if we have time to get into the mathematics of how you would do this, it's essentially just putting this data into a control chart. Mm -hmm. But we can just kind of qualitatively look at this chart. And as a data analyst, Look at this and see, this is obviously not homogenous data. This is just not because we have a whole bunch of stuff over here on the left that looks completely different from the stuff on the right. Um, and so what, what Dr. Wheeler would say then, okay, now, um, now, now your first task is, okay, make your data as homogenous as possible for, for analysis. Again, if we go to the histogram and we do that, and we don't show the date control, right? <laughs> just looking at the histogram, it's impossible to know whether your data is homogenous or not. You just don't know. And you're gonna to jump to the conclusion that yes, this is a fat tail. I think I'm saying that right, that this is a fat yes, tail. And then, and therefore unpredictable. Whereas really what you've got here is non-homogenous data. And if we were to zoom in on the part that is more homogenous, we could see, no, actually we're very predictable, but you would never know that without that date context. I've rambled enough, your turn. Well, yeah, it's, 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 it's like um, the multiple sins of a cycle time histogram. It's, 
we're, we're not only are we using histogram to show time series data, we're also analyzing it using some weird math that we came up with. And we're also not separating <laughs> the, 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 the non-homogeneous parts of the data. We're not separating the systems out to analyze them separately. So it's, it's, it's multiple sins of, of uh, data analysis all happening at the same time. I think kind of the overarching sin, the medicine of all of that is just by looking at the histogram, you would never know that you're committing those sins, right? right. I mean, you just, and, and there's, there's no way to course correct. Again, just by looking at a histogram, you just, you, you, you would not know. Um, yeah, and that's, that, that's, that's probably, that's probably a very important point to make that, hey, it's, it's okay to not use perfect methods. It's, it's completely fine if you don't use perfect methods. Things that, things that are imperfect can very often lead you to the right interventions. But when these imperfect methods lead you to the wrong interventions, at that point, you're ba uh, you're, you don't have anything to fall back upon. You don't have anything to go back and say, hey, why did we end up here? And that's probably why we keep saying don't use histograms for time series data. Yeah. Um, and just 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 so we're clear, because I, I hope I hope we have been clear, um, the scatter plot is by the cycle time scatter plot is by far and away superior to the histogram um, in terms of doing the analysis, probably most of the analysis that you will ever need to do, um, and uh, doesn't suffer from any of the problems of you know of of the histogram. So. Chances are, if all you do is look at your data in a scatter plot, you will never ever have to look at a histogram ever. There will, there will almost be no reason to. I don't, I never say never, right? But um, pretty much all the information that you can get off a histogram, you can get off a scatter plot and more. So, yeah, that's, that's, that, that's, 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 that's probably the most important point of, point of that, which is you are getting all the information that you were getting from the histogram. When you're looking at a scatter plot, and 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 you're not committing those sins of bad analysis, so you're getting all the same information. You're getting the time context, so you can really um, drive better decisions. And at the end of the day, we look at our data and we visualize it to drive better decisions. Okay, so likely to have yeah. the scatter plot. Let me. Um, so let me trigger you here. Um, now that I just now that I just cut you off, I'm gonna I'm gonna trigger you, Pratik. Okay, but okay, but the whole reason we need to look at a histogram, Pratik, isn't it so that we can fit this data to a well-known prob probability distribution? <laughs> because how else will we know what what distribution it is if we don't take this data and make a viable or weeble or however you say that curve out of it or Poisson distribution or whatever? What was that? How, how would we know? Wake me. Wake me. <laughs> Wake me. Take a drink. <laughs> the wake me distribution. Yes. <laughs> but, so Pratik, I mean, in, in, in some seriousness, can you help our can you help our, our viewers? Because they've probably been told that's yeah. one of the things you should do is fit your fit your cycle time data to a, a distribution. Yeah, and that's so. People do that for a couple of reasons. First is um, to understand your data better, to understand what's happening with your data better. 
as we said earlier, you look at the scatter plot, it'll give you a lot more information about what's happening with the data and what's happening with your system than the histogram will. And frankly, it's like, we, it's again, because math, uh, just, just because we, um, we're looking at, at, at a bad visualization already and putting math on top of it is not going to make it better. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just it's similar to that 5.6 thing. It's just because you're putting math on top of something does not make it better. Um, that's, that's one thing. The other thing that I've seen very often and it's usually done with throughput data is people put a distribution to, on it so that they can sample from it. And spoiler alert, that's bad too. Um, we have a, we have a, I think episode four or five was somewhere where we covered it on one of the Monte Carlo episodes. Yeah, that, that's, that's equally as bad. Your system is producing real data. This is, this is real stuff that is being generated by your system. You don't need um, a, a mathematical distribution to tell you what's happening. Look at your real raw data. No cycle, a mathematical distribution will have a cycle time of 2.37. Um, try to find that in your real data, you probably won't find a cycle time of 2.37. I mean, yeah, certainly a continuous distribution would, would, would have right. that for, for sure. You're, you're, you're exactly right. Uh, and this is where we, if you go back to that episode, this is where we, we draw on the work of, uh, of Dr. Sam Savage, Flaw of Averages, uh, where, where he talks about his, uh, I think it's uh, steam error statistics. I, I always quote that wrong, but I think it's called steam error statistics. They're essentially mathematical hacks. Mathematical hacks is a strong word. Mathematical shortcuts. Um, because they didn't have computers back then, you know. So, you know, to 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 do the mathematics, it was much easier to fit data to a curve. Uh, but as Dr. Sam Savage says, and also as Dr. Wheeler says in many of his publications, a Wakeby distribution did not generate your data. A, a viable distribution did not generate your data. Your process generated your data. Um, and so, why you would pervert your data to make it look pretty rather than just using the raw real data that you've got um, introduces all kinds of problems that Pratik just talked about. Yeah. So not, not to, not to sound too curmudgeon-y. Um, you're using a bad visualization to look at time series data and you're doing weird fat tail, pin tail math on it. And then you're putting a stream error hack or, or shortcut on top of it. When you have, um, when you have actually, you have computers that can actually record this data and show it to you and do the math for you instead of, you know, trying to take shortcuts. So hopefully everybody understands we're, 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 we are we are coming at this slightly from a position of altruism. I mean, we, we generally want you to not waste your time. We generally want you to not struggle to understand concepts that you just don't need to know, right? Um, yeah, uh, there's, there's, there's a crude term I, I could use for, for, uh, you know, a, a lot of, you know, what people talk about that I'm, I'm trying desperately. You're, to you're about two drinks short of that. Yeah. <laughs> but just, just know it, it doesn't have to be that complicated. It doesn't have to be that nasty. It, it, mm -hmm. it can, can be very, very simple. So Pratik, can you just maybe kind of to finish, to, to wrap this up and to finish up, can you re reiterate? I mean, what are the, if I stop this, what, what, what are the things that we recommend? So if not, if not histograms, what, what do people do? 
Yeah, if you're looking at your cycle time, go look at your scatter plot. Go take a look and see what the trends look like over time. Um, has your system changed? Has ha just like you saw in, in in that example, there was a big shift in that system, and how is that change going? What 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 results has that produced? Um, use the the uh, a tool like Ashmore Analytics gives you percentile lines, which tell you how many things are getting done in uh, are taking how long to get done. So 85% of the time we get things done in 10 days or less or whatever that is. 95% of the time it's 15 days or less. Use those to figure out how your system is performing. In fact, use look at the trend of those to see how that's been changing as you've made changes. Um, use something like a scatter plot that shows time series data where time is one of the axes that you use something like that so that you can actually analyze it in context of the other uh, data around it. Yeah, I can't emphasize that enough um, that, uh, you know, how just how truly, truly powerful this scatterplot is, uh, if for no other reason, it's powerful in its simplicity. Uh, if you really, really, really care about whether you're dealing with homogenous data or not, or whether your system is stable or not, then you're going to need to jump to control charts, and then you're going to need to do something like uh, statistical process control. But again, we, we steal all our best material from Frank, Frank Vega, um, so I'm just going to steal steal more stuff from him. Fr Frank Vega loves to say, so yes, you you know you can do the control chart stuff, but you know 80, 90 percent of the time you can probably just eyeball it off the scatter plot, and that's good enough. You won't have to go through the nastiness uh, of putting your your data in a control chart because, to be honest with you. Um, the statistical process control is, is fairly rigorous and it's, it's the same thing. Dr. Wheeler talks about this all the time too. There's just not a lot of good software out there that, that does them properly, at least not the way that, that Sheward talked about it. So there's nastiness that, don't, don't worry about that nastiness. Eyeball it with the, the scatter plot. Again, that's not mathematically rigorous, but for what we're talking about, I mean, we're not, probably we're not talking about life and death. It's, it's good enough. It's really yeah. good enough. And, and then I know Dan hasn't mentioned this before, but a scatter plot, is not a control chart. Just mm. there'll be people who'll tell you they're the same thing. They're not. Thanks for clarifying that. I was just assuming that people, people <laughs> know. but thank, no, that's, that's important that, that people know yeah. that. Um, Pratik, as always, I like to give you the last word. Um, anything, anything from your end that you haven't said before that you want to make sure gets out there? No, I mean, if, again, if you're looking at time series data, um, make sure, make sure that time is a component of how you're showing it. Uh, and that that's mostly it. I mean, don't don't do you don't need to get more complicated than 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 a scatter plot to really get good actionable um, information off of it. Actually, actually, let's 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 let Dr. Short have the last word. Can you can you reread that quote, please? Is that do you have that handy? Is that, is that possible? All right. So Dr. Short says, whenever an average range or histogram is used to summarize data the summary should not mislead the user into taking action that the user would not take if the data were presented in a time series. Couldn't say it better myself. For the star of our show, Nisha, in the background there, for the Yogi Berra, oh yeah, there she is. Hey, Nisha, hi, sweetie. Um, and for the Yogi Berra of Agile, Pratik Singh, my name is Daniel Vacanti. Thank you for watching, and we will see you in the next episode. Good night, everybody. Yeah.